Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. It has been an awful week for English teams in Europe. Manchester United out of the Champions League, as are Chelsea. And that follows on from Spurs going out the week before. Um, we're going to be looking back at that action on this podcast. We're also going to be looking ahead to the weekend where the FA Cup quarterfinals take place. And there is a little bit of Premier League action as well. Uh, I'm Aaron Flanagan, hosting as always. And we're joined by Matty Lawless again. I need to give you a hat-trick ball here, three weeks in a row. I know, yeah. Hat-trick ball, thank you. In the back of the net. Yeah, uh, James Whaling is with us as well. Good to have you back. Nice one, yeah. Good to see you. Um, right, so we'll start with the Champions League uh, because this is what most people have been talking about uh, this week. Uh, Chelsea have lost to Barcelona and um, with that one it was pretty much the expected result but uh, is it maybe a little alarming that Chelsea were kind of so comfortably beaten? Uh, I guess so I think we've got to remember that Barcelona are probably the best team in the world right now they haven't lost a game in Europe this season they haven't lost a La Liga game this season and they've been quite brilliant and actually, Chelsea, I think they hit the post and hit the bar, didn't they, in the first half. They didn't, didn't give a terrible account of themselves, although I think the, the real worry for me was Eden Hazard on the big stage just didn't quite light it up, did he? And, and that was a prime opportunity for him. If, you know, if he's looking, as, as uh, rumours suggest, uh, towards Real Madrid, then that's the kind of game where he needs to sort of make some sort of impact, and he didn't. And I think Chelsea, from champions, seem to be very much a team in transition there. And I think... There's so many question marks over players' futures, Antonio Conte's future, and what's really going on behind the scenes. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't panic too much if I was a Chelsea fan, and I would look very much towards next season, but it is a must that they finish in the top four. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some way off the pace as well uh, at the moment. Um, I say it's looking like Spurs, Liverpool are going to take third and fourth spot behind United, as it stands anyway. Uh, interesting what you said about Eden Hazard. Um He's he's quite inconsistent now, isn't he? He's gone from being this like great Premier League star, people, well, contender for PFA Player of the Year every year, and this year he's uh, he's actually really struggling. Yeah, I think Roy Keane gave a typically calm and assured um, <laughs> on on his view of, of Eden Hazard last night, sort of saying that you know in the past that there's been comparisons between Hazard and Messi, not so much saying Hazard is in is in Messi's bracket, but saying that he's probably the closest thing to Messi in world football in, in terms of, you know, his low centre of gravity, his, his agility on the ball. Um, but, you know, you saw you saw the display of Messi turning last night. Two goals, albeit um, Courtois, would I think, would want to do better on both goals, to be honest, both went through his legs. And also an assist. And, you know, he, he dragged Barcelona through that game. You know, Chelsea weren't that bad, as, as, as Matty touched on. You know, they hit the woodwork a couple of times. But... When when Barca needed their talisman to step up, he did. That's and it. and Chelsea, unfortunately, you know they, they needed Hazard to do similar. Um, that was an opportunity for him last night to really take the game by the scruff of the neck. I think um, get at Barcelona. You know they are, as Matty mentioned, probably the best team in Europe, but they're not the Barcelona of 2010-11. You know that they, they are beatable for sure. And I think Chelsea will probably see it as an opportunity missed. To be honest, but on Hazard, that's the difference between a top class player and a world class player. You know how can you affect games and Messi does that and he did it within two minutes last night yeah. and like you say okay Courtois is going to look at those and he'll have nightmares but I mean that for me is, is the key difference between Lionel Messi and the rest he is the best yeah, so we, we say Messi's the best. There was a, a tweet from one of our colleagues um, last night basically suggesting that if Messi was on Chelsea's side Chelsea would win that game I think is, it, right. is, is it yeah. as simple as that? I, I think it is as simple as that. Having, having Messi in the team just changes everything. And 
I was discussing this with a friend, and I think he can play on another five five years at the top level. He just doesn't seem to be phased at all. He, he looks fitter than ever before, um, and he's such a threat. He, every time he gets on the ball, like he just seems to um, bamboozle defenders. They sort of fall over his feet, and doesn't have to do a lot. I mean, I remember watching him play earlier this season, um, and at Stamford Bridge, and I've seen, whenever I've seen him play, actually, he just sort of seems to waltz around and do what he likes, and he doesn't really touch. Um, doesn't really have a lot to do um, off the ball. It seems like he's walking around. But as soon as he gets on that ball, he's trouble. And it's just oh, it's brilliant to watch. I think I think he's he's one of these players, one of these footballers that we'll probably only fully appreciate when when he finally calls it a day because, you know, I think we are incredibly privileged to be working in the job we are with Lionel Messi playing football because, you know, we obviously get to watch him a hell of a lot yeah. and and yeah, for me, is he's the best to ever kick a ball. Yeah, definitely in our generation. But obviously, you know, the, the real sort of um, proof in the pudding. People will say, "Well, can he do anything with Argentina?" And we'll see that yep. uh, this summer he's got a chance to avenge um, the World Cup final defeat from four years ago. So yeah, fans in England have a chance to to watch Messi actually again next week. Uh, the Argentina-Italy friendly is taking place at the Etihad in Manchester. Oh, brilliant! I didn't um, know that. That's good. Yeah, so we come Friday. So, Excellent. Uh, no, good, I saw good. him at Upton Park. He played against Croatia and uh, scored a penalty. God, Lionel Messi at Upton Park. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, we can all dream. Yeah, um, back to Chelsea just briefly. Um, wh- where does their season go from here? They, they play in the FA Cup this weekend. Uh, yep. They play Leicester on Sunday, um, but. Is that really all they've got to play for now? It's top four, mate, for me. I think scrap the FA Cup. As much as it's great to win a trophy, I think their fans will be just focused on getting back into the Champions League. I mean, that's the bill and end all for them. They'd love to win a trophy, but they have to finish in the top four. If they don't, the season's been a disaster for me. As champions, it's been a poor defence. Yeah, uh, James, how do you see it? Do you think they should maybe pull the FA Cup to one side, or or, or does silverware actually make it a... A reasonably okay season. I mean, I don't. I certainly don't think Chelsea should be like resting players for the FA Cup because you know they've got two weeks off after this weekend anyway. And all of a sudden, if if you get if you get past Leicester, which you know mm. all things being equal, they should. You're into the last four, and yeah. While I completely agree, top four has to be their priority. You know, if if you're going to have one or the other, you've got to take top four every day of the week. Um, for a club like Chelsea, who've you know won their fair share of FA Cups in the last decade or so, anyway. Yeah. Um, but you know it's not to be sniffed at. You know, if if they don't make the top four and they do win the FA Cup, it's not a successful season, but at least it gives them something to define it and look back on. Whereas if they don't get either, then um, you know I think we can get ready for wholesale changes right from the top. Definitely, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I say we'll talk a little more about the FA Cup um, shortly because I've said there's still some big teams in it. Say Tottenham are still in it. Man United are still in it. But is Man United I do want to talk about now because they were another team that were, let's be honest, completely embarrassed in the Champions oh, League. It was just so disappointing because give them their credit where it's due. They were brilliant against Liverpool. You know, they put up a real fight. But the key to that game was they come out of the blocks early doors and they really attacked Liverpool and they they reaped the rewards from it. Both goals were early, if you remember. Uh, they were two new up after 25 minutes. So why not you know, apply the same approach against Seville? It just didn't make any sense. The, the changes he made, whether they were enforced due to a few injury knocks, I don't know, but playing Rashford on the right didn't work. He's more effective on the left. And, you know, Manchester United didn't do anything in that game. For, for large spells, it was pretty dry and dross. And, you know, Man United fans deserve better. 
Mourinho all of a sudden from signing a new deal has gone from someone who's under pressure and he's going oh, he just seems to hide behind the same excuses oh we need new players well, hang on a minute this is the team you've got and whether you're going to buy new players in the summer that's that's pointless your team is there in front of you that's like me saying you know we need better stories but I'll tell you what I'll go and poach the best journalists from the other papers because you know they can get stories as well it doesn't work like that I have to say to my team right let's go out there and let's try and do what we can he has to focus on what he's got here and there. And for me, Jose Mourinho is constantly hiding behind excuses. And he just wants to throw money at the problem. So the question is, is he actually a good coach? Or can he only do it with successful teams? Yeah. Um, is it alarming for United fans that every time they lose a game, it's like, give me more money? You know, it's, 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 it's a, he's almost begging the board as, as a result every time. Well, I actually think United have more than enough at their disposal in terms of attacking talent to see off a team like Sevilla um, I think United lost that time the first leg actually needed an away goal didn't exactly, they exactly a nil-nil in Europe you know this isn't this isn't like um, a two-legged tie domestically whereby if you go away and get a nil-nil you know you do, you do a job at home the away goal is so important in Europe you know these are usually cagey affairs and for them to come away with a nil-nil and Mourinho coming back basically like the cat that got the cream I thought was a bit strange yeah because you see Liverpool exposed their defence exactly they were and, and it and it, you know, it, it proved right in midweek. Again, they didn't seem to have any um, sort of intention to attack, particularly in the first half. Uh, they had, they were all right, sort of the first ten minutes of the second half, but they didn't manage to score. All of a sudden, the Sevilla boss makes a, an inspired substitution, bringing on Ben Yedder, and within five minutes, he scored two, and the tie's gone. So, you know, that that's the way it can go in Europe. And Mourinho, for me, has to take full responsibility for that. If he says to the likes of Marcus Rashford. Romelu Lukaku um, Alexis Sanchez you know paid big money for these players if he says to them go out and attack I've no doubt they go and score three or four goals they might concede a couple but they'll win the game well, so they, they showed um, after Sevilla went 2-0 up um, even then before United got the consolation goal in that five minute period United had two glorious chances Lukaku somehow missed from about five yards put it over the bar th- th- it just shows it even in just five minutes when they're like ok we need to go and attack now they, they can, can do it, it. they can yeah. be really really yeah. really threatening and uh, I don't know, just Mourinho seems to have just made them sit back and defend and obviously turn one of the places where you know entertaining football for years and years into, I suppose, one of the most dull places. Yeah. That's how, that, that's how I see it. He's got a long-term deal and I don't think Man United fans will, will suffer it for long. They'll, they'll start yeah. voicing their opinion. I think it's quite strange for Mourinho in that if you look at the jobs he's had before and when he's been successful, when in his first spell at Chelsea, he had the most capital in the league after Roman Abramovich's takeover similarly at Real Madrid and Inter Milan these were the biggest clubs with the with the biggest spending power in their in their um, domestic competitions and when you look at him now I think he looks at Manchester City and he looks at them with complete envy complete jealousy um, at the money that Pep Guardiola's got at his disposal and the pulling power as well you know if you're a top player and you've got the same offer on the table from United and City this seems bizarre to say but for me you're probably going to join Manchester City imagine saying that five years ago yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think but Pep's been wisely hasn't he he has and, yeah and they've done their due diligence on players and they're players for positions they need you look at Sanchez and okay from the outside it was a very good signing wasn't it but not the player that Manchester United needed. They no. needed a, a sort of and a decent very, midfielder, didn't they? Very disappointing as well. Since yeah, but he, he's, again, we've spoke about him before, so I won't go too much into it. But he's playing that position. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jose made another really interesting comment, or I say, I say interesting, quite peculiar. I know I'd be furious if the manager of a team I supported came out and said it, where he basically said it was normal 
for United to go out in the uh, in the Champions League. Oh, I'll be furious, and, yeah. And you know, you just got to think. It's just, I, I think there has been. I've noticed a little bit on social media. United fans didn't react well to it. Um, maybe the tide is slightly turning, and Mourinho is going to be feeling a little bit of pressure now. So again, it comes down to excuses. As a manager, he's got to take responsibility. Um, okay, his players needed to win the game, but after the game, you can't go and question the club and say, "Oh, Man United expect this because they haven't been in a quarterfinal for however many years it is." That's not good enough. Manchester United had a prime opportunity to get to the last eight of the Champions League, and he failed to deliver that, and it's his responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, United are back in action this weekend. Uh, they take on Brighton on Saturday night, Saturday seven forty-five kickoff. So we're going to have to get used to them. Yeah, uh, late one. I mean, you can scrap your plans to watch Hampton Dick's uh, takeaway. Yeah. It's all about Brighton. Let's be honest, I'm not going to lie. If you, Jose's going to line up his team like that again and play like a Dean, so I'll be watching watching Hampton Dick's Saturday night <laughs> takeaway. Um, yeah. But, um, I might yeah. watch it anyway. Yeah, the... Um, so FA Cup this weekend, uh, United against Brighton. Brighton will offer an interesting um, kind of opposition for United, I believe, because... When obviously Brighton played Arsenal a few weeks ago, they were pouncing on a team, you know, under pressure, you know, who, you know, who were desperate for a performance. And yeah. United are very much in the same situation. So surely Brighton is just the same approach again. Yeah, I think Brighton will fancy. I don't know about you, but I just think that um, you know, almost they've they're not quite safe yet, but they should be. And yeah. I don't think they'll go down. I know they've got a tough run in coming up, but they've, they've done enough and they've proved, like you say, against against Arsenal, they did really well. And um, I think Glenn Murray, if he gets in amongst it, that defence, he can have a bit of success. So I'll be interested to see how it goes, to be honest, on Saturday. And I wouldn't rule them out, though. And, mm. and for them, it's there's no pressure. Look, they've got to a quarter-final of the FA Cup. It's been a brilliant season. They're, again, their focus is, is survival. But if they can get a trip to Wembley out of it, then... It's been, you know, it just shows what a superb job Chris Hewitt has done. Yeah, absolutely, and the scoring goals now as well. I think that's the the key thing there. I think what makes them different to a lot of the the other teams in the relegation mix is that they've got goal scorers on the team. They have, and they can feed off the atmosphere at Old Trafford. And I think that would be a key thing. If United don't start well, then you've still got fans who are upset about um, Tuesday night. So Brighton can play to that a bit, and I think. They probably take about what seven thousand fans, I reckon. Yeah. It's, a, have a, it's good, a, complete, have a good number there. Complete free hit for them, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like you say, there's absolutely no pressure on them. I think they'll be licking their lips. You know, if they go there and get turned over five nil, so what? You yeah. Know, they, they, you know, it's not like they've got goal difference to worry about or anything like that. Um, you know, they'll go there thoroughly enjoy it. I think, and I wouldn't rule them out getting a result. I completely agree. They'll stay up. They'll get. They'll get enough points at home. Very difficult team to beat at the Amex. So yeah, I think. Um, if if they if they can get through this, all of a sudden they'll be thinking, you know, we could come out of this season. With don't a bit for, don't forget. I mean, this could go all the way on Saturday. This could go in. It goes into yeah, extra time if it's correct, and yeah. and penalties. So there's no replays in the quarterfinals. So it's a great opportunity for Brighton this because Man United really have to go and win a game. And uh, it's down to Jose Mourinho, isn't it? What approach he delivers. Yeah, absolutely. Say. Also in the FA Cup, there's a couple more um, interesting fixtures. The first one of the weekend is Swansea against Tottenham. Um, Tottenham are without Harry Kane. Yeah. It's what we all feared would happen. <laughs> it, kind of heading towards the World Cup, a few months before he rolls his ankle. Yeah. And uh, he's, he, he, well, I say he didn't roll his ankle, so he got, kind of got collided with Asmir Begovic near the, the Bournemouth. But... Um, 
I don't know, are Tottenham the same team without him? Can Tottenham just as effective? I think we saw that actually they are as effective because they've got players like Son, Ali, Eriksson. Son's been superb and I think he's one of the sort of unsung heroes of the season. But he showed against Bournemouth where you know they were down, one nil down to begin with. And then they managed to stage a fantastic comeback and, and they got, you know, two goals quite late on and one four one in the end. So yep. they've got they've certainly got the firepower without him. Um and I think they've had a good cup run this year. They've had, they've had a bit of, a, I know they've had a couple of replays in there, haven't they? But um, the, the teams that they should be beating, and they should be beating Swansea. I'm more interested in what you got to say about this one, way because uh, Carlos Carvajal, as a as a former Sheffield Wednesday manager, he's, he seems a bit crackers, doesn't he? Like yeah. with some of the stuff he comes out with, and yeah. you know. But Swansea fans are loving him for it. Yeah, look, I I don't think I'm, personally, I'm not surprised by the job he's doing there. I don't I don't think if you speak speak to many people up in Sheffield they will be either you know he had, he had the exact same impact on Wednesday when he came in um, took took everyone else by surprise no one expected Wednesday to challenge that season and all of a sudden you know eight months later they're in a playoff final and you know the width of a crossbar from getting promoted so um, yeah I'm, I'm not surprised by the impact he's had there at all what I will say is um, I think he'll get found out eventually you know that's kind of what happened at Hillsborough um, but again, you know they're, they're at home, aren't they? Swansea again at the, at the weekend against Tottenham. So that's a, and that's another game they'll they'll be bang up for. They'll be fancying it. Um, I wouldn't rule out Swansea win. I'm not sure. I'm not sure the side what kind of side Pochettino will put out. I think he's been he's been quite outspoken about the FA Cup before. He's not really interested in it. Yeah, but uh, which is why they've ended up with replays against Newport and Rochdale ultimately. Club needs it, and he needs it as a manager. I don't think he's won yeah. any silverware, and they haven't won anything since you know 2008. Ten years, it's a yeah. decade without a trophy. So as good as Champions League football is, those players eventually, if you want to keep hold of the likes of Harry Kane and Deli Ali, well, they want to be getting their hands on some trophies. Yeah, I say, and what a great chance for a bit of momentum as well. See, now they're out with the Champions League. As well, Tottenham. You, you need the, I say, with the title race over, they're looking reasonably deep, all right for the top four. I, th- I think you need that bit of motivation, mm. something else to play for. Um, for me, I, th- I think the FA Cup, you know, actually should work wonders for teams' morales and stuff. And it, it baffles me that teams don't take it. Yeah. Um, as especially at this stage of the competition as well, yeah. when you can see the finals inside. Yeah, and, and especially when you know that teams like Man City and Liverpool are out of the competition. Yeah. I mean, even you get through this tie, there's very much potentially a winnable tie. On the, in the next round, yeah, okay, you might end up with you know United or Chelsea, but the winnable, definitely, mate. Yeah, the winnable. Okay. Um, I say one team that absolutely will definitely be taking the competition <laughs> very seriously um, on su- Saturday, Sunday, Sunday for Wigan, uh, Wigan Athletic. Um, they are back in the quarterfinals. They uh, knocked out Manchester City in, I would say, as we talked about in previous weeks, um, just one of the, the biggest shocks in the FA Cup in in recent years. Um, Southampton uh, is who they host on Sunday, uh, but obviously a slightly different Southampton. Mark Hughes has replaced uh, Mauricio Poli- I get, get the word right, Pellegrino. As I said, <laughs> nearly went Pochettino. Yeah. And Mauricio Pellegrino. Bit of relief that he's been. Uh, I don't like to see any manager get sacked, but it was always a bit of a confusing one that one, wasn't it? Yeah. The two Mauricios. Yeah. So when we had Pellegrini as well, and now we have Pellegrino, and oh, <laughs> yeah. so too much to too much to think about. Um, does this work as? Uh, a positive for Wigan, or does it work as, um, as, as, as I say, negative because Spurt Saints are going to be a bit more up for it? I, I, don't, I don't think Wigan will even give it a second thought. I just think they'll just go out there and try and win a game of football, which they've done against West Ham, they've done against uh, Manchester City, and they've showed that they can do it. They've got some decent players there. Yeah. Will Griggs on fire, um, yeah. and you know he's, he's terrified 
the defences of West Ham and City already. I think they've even made a, a pie on his honour in, in yep. Wigan, yep. Um, uh, which is quite fiery, I'm told. But um, yeah, uh, 250 of them have been made by uh, <laughs> by, by, by a bakery in, in Wigan, uh, so they look delicious. And someone told me about the downloads of uh, the song. Um, it's just yeah. absolutely hit an all-time high. 600% um, uptake in streams of Gala's uh, Freed From Desire. 600% on Spotify. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I was one of the ones who uh, yeah. who, who, who downloaded it again. Well, well, yeah. The song came out. If you're on Spotify, of course, you can download the Mirror Football Podcast, yeah. which is just e- as good. Exactly. There we go. Like There's that. your plug. Yeah, I like that. But uh, no, I think Wigan, like, you know, going back to the question, I don't think Wigan will think about Southampton changing the manager. I think they'll have a game plan. And they'll just stick to that, so it doesn't really matter. But Southampton, good chance to sort of get off to a decent start under Mark Hughes, who I think is very lucky to get back into management. And I'm not entirely sure he's an inspiring choice. Um, but of course, he's got a connection I, to Southampton, and maybe that might sort of get the fans going. But. I, I mean, I don't think inspiring is particularly what they they need right now. They just need somebody who's going to get them organised. Yeah. Who's gonna get him motivated? And I think he, I think he'll go in. He'll be tough on him. I think uh, he had a good chance at Stoke, and look where he's yeah. left them. And I think a lot of the problems are because of him at Stoke. And, yeah. and I just felt, you know, I, I didn't think he covered himself in glory this season. Yeah. Don't I remember, he did take Stoke to three consecutive top half finishes, though. That's right, um, he did. So you know, he, he does have pedigree. He's had one bad season. I'll, I'll be honest. I think with the quality he has on the, he had on the pitch at Stoke, uh, I, I agree they should have been doing a lot better. And I think some of it was down to him. Yeah. Um, but I feel like the way he started. Um, at Stoke, the way you know he got them organised, got them playing good football. Yeah, I think uh, it can actually be. A, a yeah, we've point. seen that before, and and I think that's exactly what Southampton need. I mean, because they've got some decent players, haven't they? And you know they've got players there who shouldn't really be in that position. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they've just gone for the safe option. I mean, for me, it's it's disappointing because it's just another club that you know this sort of. I think there's five managers in, in Pardew, Hodgson, Allardyce. Tony Pulis and Mark Hughes. If you look at the clubs that those those five managers have, have coached over the last ten years, I think it's about seventeen, eighteen clubs. And it's just like you go somewhere, you fail, you rock up somewhere else. You go somewhere, you fail, you rock up somewhere else. Essentially, was what's keep, what keeps happening. For me, I'd, I'd rather have seen take a bit of a risk, maybe appoint a younger coach, and you know what, they might have got relegated, but at least you know try and put something in place for a few years and, instead of just these short term options. I, th- I understand why they've done it because obviously they've gone left field with. Maurizio Pellegrino and it and it hasn't worked. I'm actually shocked he lasted as long as he did. Saints have been awful all season, especially at home. You know, last season, the season before, I think St Mary's was quite a bit of a, a fortress for them. And this season it's gone completely the other way. They've been hopeless at home, so But they changed him because they didn't they didn't think Claude Pure was uh, attacking enough and they felt it was a bit boring, so uh, whether Mark Hughes can change that I'm not sure, but yeah, just I don't know. I, I just don't think Personally, I don't think it's the right choice. But, but in, in terms of Wigan, I mean, it's a great chance for them, and they've got fantastic pedigree in the cup. Obviously, winning it in 2013, I think they reached the semi-finals the season after. Um, this season, I think for them, for me, knocking them, knocking out Manchester City is among the biggest FA Cup upsets ever. You know, not is it only a team from two leagues below beating a Premier League team? It's arguably the best team we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, so just a quick uh, note on the impact of the FA Cup on a club like Wigan playing in League One. Uh, so far this season. Um, they have taken £745,395 uh, in, I think, prize money alone uh, from the FA Cup. Then you get all your TV broadcast and stuff on top of that. Uh, they guaranteed another £283,000 uh, just for playing in the quarterfinals. Obviously, that skyrockets in then if they win 
and make the semis um, yeah, right. at Wembley, where they're pretty handy, aren't they? Yeah. Don't forget, three years ago, uh, sorry, five years ago, when they beat City in a final, didn't they? And yeah, no, they're. Um, I say that it's very much a very valuable competition for for teams like that, and uh, and good for them because they've had a few struggles over over recent years. Started wobbling, or oh, kind of doing the old West Brom kind of up and down, up and down thing with uh, the Championship of League One. So, uh, no, good for them, and definitely wish Wigan all the best uh, this. Um, this weekend uh, coming up in that um, there is one more FA Cup tie uh, Leicester versus Chelsea we've already talked uh, about Chelsea but uh, is this a good opportunity for Leicester? Yeah definitely um, I mean Leicester I've, I've been quite impressed with them I mean that Jamie Vardy goal at uh, West Brom yeah, unbelievable wasn't it Mares just spots him pings it and it's just beautiful finish from Vardy I think that's one of the goals of the season yeah. um, because he's not even he just knows instinctively where the goal is he's not even looking at it he's trying to focus on where the ball's coming from and he just the connection is beautiful for, for the volley um, Leicester keeping Riyad Mahrez has been a real real bonus for them it's kept them in the Premier League and they've got quality there at home to really trouble Chelsea who on the back of the defeat from Barcelona it's going to be a tough ask for them I think yeah. and um, like I say I, I fancy this one to go extra time I think um, with the changes this this is the game where I can see it going all the way yeah, absolutely so it's interesting what you say about Ria Mars actually I've been really impressed with him since he's come back from this little sabbatical thing that he took <laughs> yeah. that obviously the club definitely absolutely gave yeah, him the permi- permission he? to do um, but I've got to say, he's come back and when he's playing, yes, okay, he wants to leave. He's made it very public he wants to leave. But when he's on the pitch, he's still giving it 110%. He's still giving it everything. And he's still quite regularly the best player on the pitch when he's there. And I think that's full credit to him, who just wants to play football and play football well. Yeah, and the best way to put yourself in the shot window. Exactly. Yeah. Ultimately, if he wants to leave, the best thing he can do is to, <laughs> yeah. is to play well and score goals because then better clubs are going to want him and yeah. Leicester are going to get more money and everyone's a winner. Precisely. And I'd say the Leicester fans, I don't think, will be too disappointed. I think they'll be able to understand that mm-hmm. he, he's peaked with Leicester. Obviously, he won the Premier League title with him. He's, he's literally never, ever going to get better. Yeah. than that at Leicester wouldn't it be good though if Leicester actually went all the way in this competition because it just shows you that I think they've got a really good side down there yeah. and you know, don't forget that they were champions obviously two years ago so yeah. for them to go and win another trophy it would silence the critics and the doubters who have always suggested it was a fluke which is unfair yeah. and I think that they're in prime position there to, to do it and Claude Puel's done a fantastic job yes, I, think. Yeah. I think everyone sort of when he was appointed, I thought it was quite strange, but you know he's gone in there and shown what a good manager he is. Like he's seventh in the Premier League and mm. look, look, look good to, to finish there. Yeah, I'm sure the Southampton board are looking at that and going, <laughs> yeah. we, we, we made a mistake yeah. now. You'll uh, get them in the semis. Yeah. Um, I say, just before we um, kind of move on to a little look at the, the Premier League uh, few matches this weekend, uh, FA Cup, who, who's going through? Uh, Swansea against Tottenham, who do we fancy? Tottenham. Tottenham? Yeah, Spurs for me. Spurs. Uh, Man United against Brighton? United. I'm going to go Brighton. <laughs> Brighton, I like it. I like it. Uh, Wigan versus Southampton? Uh, I fancy Wigan. I fancy well. Wigan. Going for an upset? Yeah, Wigan. Two on the upset? Lovely. Well, that, I think we're going to get beaten, if I'm being completely honest with you. <laughs> um, uh, Leicester against Chelsea? Weekend of cup upsets for me. I'm going for Leicester. Yeah, I think Leicester at home, yeah. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Interesting. So we, we, we have a few upsets. And who's going to go all the way then? Out of them, out of them teams and teams you've just put through to the semi finals? Who, who goes on to win the competition? Because Tottenham. Yeah, I'd go with Tottenham. Yeah. Tottenham. I, I'll be honest, I think I completely agree with you. I think, yeah, they'll have the sort of a 
the Wembley way about them, wouldn't they? They've played there all season, so yeah. we can all call them cheats, can't we? So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> and and they'd have Harry Kane back for the final if they got there. Yeah, there um, you go. So, so. it's Harry's, uh, Harry's year, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, fingers crossed uh, for them. Uh, Premier League. Uh, four games this weekend. Manchester City obviously played Stoke on Monday night, uh, running away with it. They don't play um, this weekend mainly because they're, they're out of the FA Cup. Um, quick run through the fixtures. Uh, Stoke take on Everton. Uh, Bournemouth take on West Brom. Huddersfield take on Crystal Palace. They're all 3pm games on Saturday. And at 5.30, uh, Liverpool uh, against Watford, um, which should be an interesting game because we all know what Watford can do. Uh, they didn't do it last weekend against... Uh, against Arsenal but uh, they, they do pull performances out of the bag every now and again yeah and a big game for Liverpool to bounce back from uh, last weekend's defeat at Old Trafford still second place up for grabs I think um, despite that setback so um, they've got to win this one haven't they yeah no, absolutely uh, Liverpool um, Premier League back there playing well it's, it's, it's top four seems pretty plain sailing for them now yeah, I, th- I, th- I expect a big performance from Liverpool this weekend I think they'll see off Watford quite comfortably Um quite strange actually after the Man United game um, Liverpool fans on social media were strangely sort of alright about it you know usually when Liverpool lose to Manchester United there's a complete meltdown but I think they saw the performance wasn't that bad they were beat- good character yeah, yeah they, they, they were beaten by a better side on the day uh, but you know this has been a great season for Liverpool they've really come of age I think and not only that it looks good for the future. This doesn't look like a Liverpool team that's going to score a hundred goals this season and then go backwards. You know that that forward line in particular is young enough to get better and better. And you know I think it's very exciting times. And I think for next season there'll be ones to watch because obviously Naby Keita's coming in. We know yeah. that, and he's clearly identified that a keeper is is a priority. Yeah. Even though Carrius, give him some credit. I think he's yeah. been all right. Actually. He has. Yeah. Um, I think Van Dijk coming in at the back's really sort of calmed him down. As as uh, Mark Jones, our colleague, was saying last week on the podcast. Um, but it's obviously talk that um, Jack Butlin's high on the list. Yeah, uh, so we uh, so we were with Mark yesterday, and we, we were talking. Oh, where were you yesterday, fellas? Uh, yeah, we went to Cheltenham. Oh, and, oh. and so we're a little quieter today because we're uh, <laughs> um, we're, we're still feeling the after effects. Um, well, you are. Well, yeah, I am. I, I most definitely am. Yeah. <laughs> we're sending him after this for for a lay down, so uh, it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, we so we're on the way back. We were talking to Mark on the train back, and I, I was asking him. Um, obviously, he's a Liverpool fan. I said, "Well, where I think Liverpool will come unstuck is I don't think they'll be dominant enough in the transfer market, and I, and I mean that by way of I don't think they'll strengthen the front line. The front line's great. I don't think you can dismantle it. Um, obviously, Salah, Mane, Firmino." But I don't think they'll they'll go out and spend forty million pounds on another player that can play in that position. Do you think they need and to though? One of them gets injured. Yeah. But it's not like I, say. I, I just don't think that they are going to be able to you know like have that strength in depth. I don't feel like the the dominant. Where you look at City, City can have three injuries and they've got three world class class players. Maybe not world class, but top class. Mm. Uh, so if we use the comparison you used earlier of of the two the two terms, but they've got top class players ready to go in there. And I, I just don't think Liverpool do. I say, I wonder whether Danny Ings goes in there. Dominic yeah, Solanke. Well, Solanke, I, I still think that there's a player in him somewhere. But don't forget, he, he hasn't really played a lot of Premier League football, and this season's almost been about just sort of easing him in. Maybe next season will be his season. Um, I don't know. Don't forget they got Daniel Sturridge who can come back. Um, he's done. He's finished. <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry, Daniel, but <laughs> we all know, fella. Um, but, um, yeah, at Liverpool, he hasn't got much of a future, has he? Perhaps you're right, but can you keep them all happy? If you're in the Champions League, you, you do need to have a good 
pool of strikers, like four strikers really, yeah. um, four front men. We've seen successful teams in the past who've got that uh, pool of four because you know, like you say, their injuries are part of the game. But who do you go for? Who do Liverpool go for? I think. Um, Werner, I think he's a good player, a Leipzig striker. Yeah. yeah. You know, he doesn't like loud stadiums, but um <laughs> he, he he's the sort of player that I think would be a decent fit, particularly with Naby Keita coming in. Yeah, I think yeah. they've been heavily linked with him, haven't they? He's he's little the Bundesliga. Fancies it as well, yeah, by, yeah. by all accounts. So yeah, yeah wouldn't yeah. be surprised. No, so it certainly would be an interesting sign. And uh, very quickly, just before we finish, um there is another story going on this week and it's on the back of West Ham's I say the the, the chaos at London Stadium last God. week. Um, it's, it's, it might just quickly you were in the yeah. stadium you were watching it all develop and um, kind of in front of your eyes but I mean just just how how bad was it and was it was it the whole stadium was just yeah I mean look I hate to say I told you so but I did um, it was such a toxic atmosphere a bit of it is a bit disappointing because it, we went 1-0 down and it all started happening so there's a bit of an element that you look like you're bad losers and you know credit where it's Burnley were fantastic it was a great away win for them what's been a brilliant season but um, the trouble was always going to happen didn't envisage it would be that bad um, a lot of the problems came when idiots who were running onto the pitch when they were coming back into the stands there was a lot of people in the stands who were annoyed and there was a couple who got a clump um, as you've seen on social media uh, social <laughs> media the, the actual protests where fans gathered on the concourse Apart from the missile throwing, I wasn't against that at all. I think that was a good way to, to voice. And it just highlights how poor that stadium is because they managed to get all the right, way around and, and stage that protest. And as you see, the stewards are not quite up to it and they're not really football stewards, they're event stewards. So they haven't had to deal with these kind of situations. So I do feel a huge degree of sympathy for those employees. It's not their fault. Um, they're just not football stewards and I mean that was part of the problem leaving the bowling ground the integration wasn't right because they sacked off all, all the bowling ground stewards whereas they really should have brought them along with us mm. and that would have solved a lot of problems but the problems at the stadium will still exist the problems on the pitch are still going to exist because West Ham don't look like a side who are up to it at the moment um, so it's worrying times as a West Ham fan and I think the only real solution is for West Ham to perhaps uh, find a new stadium. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, good, as, good, as, good, uh, good, good luck convincing, uh, yeah. convincing them owners to. Uh, well, to that won't happen, again. will it? No, absolutely. It won't. Just quickly, do you, do you think West Ham will go down? I do. Yeah, at, at the present moment, I do because I think we've got a tough running. Um, I'm a bit worried. Perhaps I'm being a bit too negative there. And as many people have pointed out to me, there were probably three worst teams at the moment. But Southampton have got a new manager, so you'd expect the new manager bounce there. And yeah, one or two of the others, I think it's going to be tight. I think West Brom are gone. Yeah, we can say goodbye to them, but the others down there, um, I think Palace have still got time to turn it around, and also they've got Wilfred Zaha coming yeah. back in. So West Ham, it depends on the fans really. We need to, the the supporters really need to unite behind the players now. They desperately need it because as you saw, it did affect them. Uh, so the players just quickly are, are out in Miami at the moment. Yeah. Is that? It's not bad, is it? Yeah, I mean, see, they've, they've been on this awful run of form, not been playing well, and no, yet they, 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 they swan off on... Seems like a reward, doesn't I, it? I know it's a training camp in, in, in yeah, Vegas, but, but it's surely more like a holiday. We've seen before, like, with these training camps, that, you know, Sam Allardyce just attempted to buy, and for me, it had zero effect on the season. It's just it's a nice little jolly, isn't it, just yeah. to get a bit of sunshine. I personally think, why would you need to go 
you know, on a 10-hour journey to Miami, but it's going to tire the players. We haven't got a game for three weeks, but I don't see what effect you're getting out of that, personally. Um, bit of vitamin D, maybe, but there's plenty of tanning shops in uh, in Romford that they can go and visit. Um, so, no, a bit disappointing for me. I, I think the timing wasn't quite right, and as you've seen, there's plenty of pitches to them training hard, what it appears to be, but they're also having a nice time on the beach, but it just feels like a bit of reward, and it's not the time at this moment in time it's a sensitive issue with the fans who are just not happy I guess the thinking is just getting away from all isn't it you know after everything that happened last yeah. week and I know it was penciled in before that but you know I think they might have been tempted to cancel it given their run of results but I think everything that happened in the ground they probably just thought you know what let's Sick. get out of here for, for a week 10 days whatever I'm a West Ham player get me out of here I think the best thing to come <laughs> out of it was the uh, was one of the memes where sort of players are on the beach and just in the sea you can see the guy with the corner flag <laughs> um, we shouldn't laugh but uh, you know it was one of those that if you're going if you're going to go town then might as well go down smiling. No, that's, uh, that's tremendous. Um, right, cool. Gentlemen, thank you very much uh, for Jeez. joining us. Oh, I'm going to have a break next week, I think, because I think, I think all the podcast listeners are probably sick of me by now. But thank <laughs> you. It's been a pleasure. Right. I walk away with my hat-trick ball uh, with my head held higher. No, so, yeah, we will, uh, we'll have you back on at some point in Thanks, the future. Thanks, mate. I appreciate uh, so, that. Um, next week uh, will be... Uh, you can keep your job now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next week's podcast uh, will be a bit of a look ahead to the World Cup. Uh, so it'll be International Week uh, next week. Uh, and... Uh, We'll speak to uh, Sir Jeff Hurst on that one. Uh, Christian Zieger, uh, formerly of, uh, so you of don't need Germany. Anyway. You got all these, you got um, these legendary names. Yeah, so we've replaced you already. Thanks. <laughs> so what about Waylo? Will he be in it? We'll see. We'll see. What well, have you won? Have you won? Have you won any trophies at school or anything? Or? Uh, I don't think so. Ah, you're not on it. <laughs> so, okay. Let's have a scout. Yeah. Uh, so that's next week. Um, so if you want to uh, kind of look ahead to that, you can subscribe to us still on iTunes, on uh, Audio Boom, and as uh, as Matty said earlier, and on Spotify. Yeah, and download that Will Griggs song because it's, it's a classic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a it's, it's a good tune. Uh, so you can find us there. It'd be very nice if you could all just give us a nice five star rating and uh, if you leave a few comments. That'd be very, very much appreciated. Uh, but until then, enjoy the FA Cup uh, quarterfinals. Uh, enjoy the uh, limited Premier League action, and uh, we will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>